0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Want to just say thank you guys so much for just always listening and being a part of this. And I'm excited um, to have this next guest. Her name is Dylan King. She's a life coach and a clinical hypnotherapist. And we're going to talk all about like chronic pain and visual illness and just her story. And we're looking forward to it. So um, here she is. Hey Dylan.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Good, how are you?
1: Doing well. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, uh, well, sorry. I was just going to say, absolutely. I'm, I'm
1: so glad to be here.
0: Great. Um, so if we want to just start a little bit, kind of just talking about like what you were like growing up, um, a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I was born in um, the Houston area in Houston, Texas. Um, grew, up, grew up mostly in the Beaumont area of Texas, so a little bit of a smaller town. Um, I actually um, was diagnosed with epilepsy when I was eight years old. Um, kind of a, a weird way to grow up um I wasn't really very interested in learning much about it or um really acknowledging it very much a lot of times when you have kind of a childhood disorder like that um doctors will tell you a lot well it's okay because you're probably just going to outgrow it yeah um so I just kind of spent most of my time thinking well it's fine that's that's just what's going to happen. And I just kind of went about my business, exploring, you know, different things that I was interested in. Um, I was um, really into horseback riding when I was younger. Um, I was a, a theater kid, a band kid, um, went on to get my uh, BFA in performing arts after high school. Um, but um, when it came time for me to Go to an adult neurologist, um, I kind of had to confront my epilepsy diagnosis. Um, It was kind of uh, one of the more jarring experiences of my life, actually, um, because I just kind of, you know, waltz into the doctor's office like, okay, he's just going to give me this prescription that I need to... I've been taking this for like... 10 years at this time whatever it's no big deal and as I'm getting ready to leave he says you know this is not going to go away and that was kind of a big revelation for me at you know after living with something for a decade finally be con- being confronted it's almost like a brand new diagnosis
0: right yeah that that seems like kind of scary in a way too because it's like even though you technically had this but now you're like really learning about it and really realizing how bad it actually is yeah yeah
1: so you kind of have to all of those um all those things that you never really thought of um I ended up having to get um some accommodations when I was getting into Um, getting my bachelor's just because I happened to have a seizure at school and in order to it was on a test day and so in order to retake my test I had to get accommodations which was weird because I had literally never had accommodations before I had lived an entire decade with no help but then all of a sudden I had all these weird things attached to me Um, I ended up doing my senior thesis as a, a one woman show, um, about epilepsy. Um, and it was called, uh, Me and Van Gogh and God. Um,
0: so epilepsy is
1: kind of a, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of a weird, um, a weird thing. Um, you know, in ancient times, they called it, uh, the, the sacred disease, um, because they really didn't understand it so it has all of these weird um, kind of spiritual and religious undertones um, there are a lot of artists um, before there was better testing that now people look back in history and they think well maybe maybe this person might have ha- had it so there are a lot of people who make cases for Van Gogh may have been um, epileptic of course we can't really prove or disprove that now because he's no longer alive right Um, yeah Um, people who you know say oh the things that people see that they're saying are you know angels or uh, religious experiences are really just seizures um, and things like that and so it's kind of a weird limbo uh, if you will to to be in to wonder when you are kind of a spiritual person um, An artistic person um, And you do have You know I'm, I'm 28 now About to turn 29 So I've lived 20 years with this Where do you fall? Is that something Is it like a defect In your brain? Is it something special That you were given? You know Those yeah. kind of questions So that was really uh, What my senior thesis Uh, was about.
0: That's definitely an interesting way to think about it. I (laughs) like uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. I
1: really, really enjoyed it. And I think um, being able to connect to people, even people who don't um, necessarily have seizure disorders, people who have um, either other neurological disorders um, or any kind of Uh, chronic disorders really understand what it is like to live with something and
0: try to understand why,
1: why do I have this?
0: Yeah. Also, I was thinking, um, not thinking, sorry, what I wanted to ask kind of going back a little bit, kind of what we were taught, like how you were diagnosed when you were eight and for that whole chunk of time, like ten years, you didn't really know much about it or really do anything. Did you have a lot of seizures, or were you pretty much okay? And it just ha- you just had this disorder.
1: Dylan, I'm sorry. I I I know I didn't quite catch every everything oh, it's okay. uh, you said. The the ten years
0: were Where you did like so Where from, I wasn't Yeah, like the ten years, like the eight to eighteen you said? Is where like you uh-huh. had it but you didn't really like you kinda just left it on the back burner type of thing. Did you have a right. lot of seizures during that time or were for the most part you were okay?
1: Did
0: I have seizures? Is that what she said? Yeah, did you have like a lot of seizures still during that time or for the most part was it just something you knew you had? Um, Yeah, so um, for the majority of my childhood, my seizures were
1: very uncontrolled. Actually, um, it wasn't until I was in high school that my grandmother started taking me to uh, kind of a higher caliber of um, neurologist. My personal experience has been that neurologists can be really tricky. They're either really, really good Or kind of crummy. Yep. No, Um, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And unfortunately, the child neurologist that I saw when I was younger was actually eventually disbarred. Oh. Um, So the medications that I took for a good portion of my life did not really do much to control um, anything that was going on. Um, And things were just a little chaotic in... My family's life, um, so things were just a little unstable as a whole, and it wasn't until um, I was probably 17 or so that I finally got on a medication where I was seizure-free for an entire year. Oh, okay. Um, now, I probably have a seizure roughly every three months, even though I'm on the same medication at a higher dose. So, you know, things change. Uh, you just have to keep working with your doctors to to try. I'm really, really lucky to have found a, a neurologist that I that I really love, um, who specializes in epilepsy, who really listens to what's going on, um, which is great.
0: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> and for a so long important. time I didn't think they were out there. Yeah, I feel you. I've had those type of doctors too that. didn't listen or they just thought I was making it all up in my head you know yeah yeah um so did you kind of keep it to yourself when you had first found out like for those however long or like did people did like people your age like kids find out and how was that
1: um you know a lot of my seizures I had at school um so it would be really hard to not, (laughs) (laughs) not know, um, as, as I got older, and they got a little bit better, um, there were probably people in my life who didn't know, um, just, probably mostly depending on what time of day they saw me, um, because, um, when I was younger, most of my seizures occurred really early in the morning. Um, now they've kind of shifted to early evening for whatever reason. But if, if the person that I knew maybe only saw me in the evening time, they may not have ever even encountered that.
0: Okay. that makes Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because it's not necessarily something you just come out with. Because there's not necessarily a reason Yeah, (laughs) it was never
1: really something that I talked about. um, And not necessarily that I would have ever, um, like, tried to actively hide from somebody. But I just was never like,
0: oh, yeah. By the way, I have (laughs) epilepsy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) So kind of switching gears into, like, some more of the fun stuff like your Mentor Mondays and being a life coach, like what kind of got you onto that path to wanting to be like a life coach and a hypnotherapist? Yeah,
1: so um, about a year ago, I had uh, been working as a store manager for Starbucks for um, eight years. And I was kind of feeling this this pull to need to do Something else. Um, so I really didn't know what exactly that was, but I literally worked like six days a week, 12-hour days, sometimes more. And so I knew there was never going to be time for me to continue working and figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing. So I either had to... Uh, just keep working there or leave and figure it out without having a job. Um, so I decided to resign. So I resigned without any, any plan. Um, and I just started taking every single course that I could find and exploring everything that I have had ever had any interest in. Um, and life coaching just happened to be one of those things that popped up, um, and I completely fell in love with. Um, And for me, things just started to make sense. Um, With my theater background and the entire time that I was um, working at Starbucks, the reason that I was invested in those things um, and believed in believed in those things, I still believe in theater a lot, and I believe in certain aspects of Starbucks, for sure, um, was because of the the connection that they bring to people um, and the ability that people have to come together and lift each other up. And when I'm doing life coaching, I have a really unique ability to do that one-on-one to reach out to somebody and talk to them and say, what's going on? Where are you at? How can we bring you where you want to go? Um, and that's just so special to me. Um, and it's, it's so much more direct than doing it through, um, through art or through you know a cup of coffee, both of which I think are still so valuable. Um, so incredibly valuable. Um, I just really enjoy life coaching um, because it's so, so spot on and so, um, so personal. Yeah. Um, and the Mentor Mondays kind of stemmed from that. I had made so many connections with people over eight years, either people who were my customers or people who had. Um, been to see my plays, or I had worked with, and I realized, wow, I know a lot of really cool people. I bet they should, sharing their stories would inspire other people. And when I started to talk to them and get their stories out there, it was just amazing to see what they had to say Um, I mean even people who were like I really don't know why you'd want to talk to me Dylan I I don't really know exactly what I'm doing and I was like well just talk to me some just you know let's just talk and I'll I'll write it down and we'll see what happens and they would say the most beautiful things um, just sharing their story Uh, such a simple thing so I just think that that's so valuable Um, And it's really what life is all about is connecting to each other and supporting each other and lifting each other up.
0: I love that and I think you are completely 100% right. And I like how you even took what you loved like working at Starbucks and also what you loved about theater and you kind of like combined it. So you got like the best of everything, like the best of both almost. Yeah. And you can definitely tell you're a people person <laughs> <laughs> from all the different like things you've done. So, which is really like which is something you need to be to be a coach or a speaker or whatever. Yeah, I think um,
1: I think when you look back, even if you're working in like jobs that you don't love or are passionate about, if you look at what you're doing. There are things that you that you do like as a part of your day and that kind of can give you direction as to what you are here for. Um, you know, retail and food service is sometimes like the hardest, worst job. And I know because I did it for so long and it can be so so hard Um, but there are so many wonderful incredible memories that I have and um, I mean I did it for eight years but I I stuck around for so long for a reason with the same company and um, I think you know if there's something that you're doing if there's a job that you're working that you're you know it's not really quite right for you but you're not really sure what you're supposed to do just looking at the things that you do love about your job or you did love about your hobbies or anything that you've done, and being able to take those into consideration can really start to point you in the right way.
0: I love that. Thank you. that you just um, I love like all the stuff you've talked about and it, I agree with everything you said, like the importance of that all. Um what else is there anything else you would like to tell us either about you your work really anything if there wasn't anything like we kind of talked about
1: um anything else um i think the main thing is you know get out there and and share your story um i see so many people um who are, you know, maybe they are hesitant to, to share any part of their story or any part of themselves, regardless of whether it's a little bit of art or um, anything really, but um, that's, how, that's how we're designed. You know, regardless of what you believe about um, how the world came to be, we're all created, um, somehow, scientifically, um, religiously, spiritually, doesn't really matter. You're created. Um, and so then we're intended to create and we're created to connect to each other. Um, and that's one of the most incredible things you can continue to do is to share your story, um, continue to create your story, um, You can create it through um, art, writing, video, whatever it is. Reaching out to people is just, like, the most incredible thing you can do for yourself and for other people. Even if one person, uh, like, reads your post or (laughs) um, sees your video or whatever, um, you never know whose life you're going to change.
0: Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and just like talking about like what you've gone through and where you are today. I so appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed it too.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're so welcome. And that was another episode of With Love Alexa with Dylan King. Um, if you I'll put her website and everything in the description below. Bye, guys.